squadron. They called him Bullets. But we call him Greg Kelly. Greg Kelly is on the air on the Red Apple Podcast Network. All right. Uh, we have to talk. Number one, did you see that hideous dress Nikki Haley was wearing? Oh, my God. <laughs> No, no, not just that. Not just that, of course. But it wasn't actually, uh, it wasn't that nice. <laughs> Donald Trump actually said something about it. I, uh, so many people are horrified by what they heard. Horrified about, uh, about that speech. What? It was vintage Trump. It was vintage Trump. It was gold. It was pure Trump and pure gold. Going after the competition. That's still okay in America. You don't have to delegate it. That's what makes him different. That, that's what makes him not a politician. How about that Nikki Haley pretending that she won? Anyway, we are watching a miracle. All right. This is a miracle. And I, I have said before, as confident as I am that Donald Trump can prevail, I have said that it will take a miracle. But I've also said as soon as I say that, I say miracles have a way of finding Donald Trump. It's happened throughout his life and we can all see it. This is miraculous. This is beautiful. And the Democrats right now, they are, uh-oh, uh-oh, uh, they, I didn't realize this. This is all they got. Those phony indictments, they really thought we were going to fall for it. They really thought the moment that uh, Jack Smith stepped forward, that, that we would say, oh, gosh, where's Ron DeSantis? We need to, oh, no, 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 no. Uh, we actually can read. We can actually, you can actually watch and listen to shows like mine. And, uh, and I will present to you, well, what Bill O'Reilly would call the facts, all right? Facts, facts are a whole other discussion. But one thing is factual are those documents that they put out, the documents that they use, uh, say the indictment, right? They don't actually count on anybody reading those uh, documents. I read the whole damn thing. I realized, my God, this is a sham right in front of our eyes. And the mainstream media will not report it. They won't. It's amazing what people do not know about the basics because the New York Times won't tell them. If it's not in the New York Times, it didn't happen. So it's an amazing time to be alive. That was, I thought, a necessary speech that Donald Trump had to deliver. Let's see here. I want to make sure I'm going right. To, I got a bunch of Trump cuts. So let's go to the one where he's not with CNN. I want him on that stage. Did we? Do we have any cuts from the speech, from the big speech? Give it a shot. All right. Give it a shot. I want to hear Donald Trump last night. Big speech in victory. All right. We got the media scrum all over him. That's fine. That's fine. He gives the greatest big speech in the world. Is the mainstream media infecting my little universe right here? I get a. Could it possibly be you guys? What's going on? The biggest speech. All right. Well, we find that. Let me guess. The Nikki Haley cuts are ready, right? The Nikki Haley cuts from last night? Sure they are. All right. Let's hear Nikki, overconfident, ebullient, very bizarrely, because her bosses are happy with her, actually. Her bosses are going to keep her funded. What the hell does she care? She's got nothing to lose. She doesn't care about the little people. She cares about the money. She went from being worth $100,000 to $8 million. Uh, two seconds after she left the United Nations. What is she worth now? Who knows? What is she going to be worth? Lots and lots and lots. So she's just having the time of her life that people be damned. Let's hear her. I want to congratulate Donald Trump on his victory tonight. He earned it. And I want to acknowledge that. 
Now, you've all heard the chatter among the political class. They're falling all over themselves, saying this sure. race is over. Well, I have news for all of them. New Hampshire is first in the nation. It is not the last in the nation. Isn't that cute? Isn't that cute? Stop, 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 stop. She's in it for the cash. Why stop? She loves the attention. She's a nobody from South Carolina. She blew off the people of South Carolina. She blew off the Trump administration. I got the goods on this woman. And actually, so will you in a moment. Let's go to the people who know her best. Hmm? Let's go to her boss, her actual direct superior in the Trump administration, a guy named Mike Pompeo. He had a lot to say about Nikki in his book. And uh, I actually bought it just a few minutes ago. It's amazing what you can do. You know, you can buy a book just sitting there in 10 seconds, wherever you are. You don't have to, you know, with the Kindle, which is an amazing thing. Let's see here. Haley and Bolton, not team players. This is Mike Pompeo, the Secretary of State under Trump. Sometimes the revolving door kept turning because of resignations, not firings. On March 18th, 2018, with my nomination for secretary pending, Nikki Haley called me and said, this place, the United Nations, is turning cartwheels. Don't know what that means exactly. America's U.N. team was happy in the moment because Haley and her team hated Tillerson. But I thought later about how the United Nations came to despise me because I had little time for the organization's uselessness and deep-seated anti-Semitism. A little more than nine months after that phone call, she was gone. While she spun her exit well in the press, Haley flat out threw in the towel after two years as the U.S. ambassador to the United Nations, a job that is far less important than people think, despite it sometimes being a cabinet-level position. Uh, let's see. She gave fine remarks supporting Israel, but did not do much else. In quitting... She forced President Trump to pick a replacement when turnover was already high, which was the last thing the nation, the national security team needed at that time. She has described her role as going toe-to-toe with tyrants. If true, then why would she quit such an important job at such an important time with at least two years to go? Great question, Mike. That is, she abandoned the governorship of the the great people of South Carolina for this important role and quit it after just months on the job. Was it simply to join Boeing's board of directors or did she leave to protect her reputation from the inevitable so-called Trump taint that the media inevitably slaps on people? Whatever the reason, her decision to quit after such a short time did not evince a commitment to team over self. Oh, he's not done with her. Nor did I love how, in at least one instance, she undermined our teamwork. As an operational matter, ambassadors, she was technically an ambassador, ambassador to the UN, right? Ambassadors were supposed to report to me. I had no problem with ambassadors who had pre-existing relationships with Trump checking in with their old friend. But Chief of Staff Kelly and I had made sure that when ambassadors sought to see the president, they would clear it with me first. 
This was for my own situational awareness, and I always said yes, blah, 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 blah. Uh, this is a basic organizational imperative for any high-performing team. Okay, here we go. I received a call one evening from Kelly, who apologized for allowing Ambassador Haley to go to the Oval Office. He had initially allowed her to follow the protocol and check with me. She insisted that she needed to see the president about a personal matter and that it had nothing to do with her work at the United Nations or for state. He acceded to the request and did not flag it for me. Now he was pissed. His words there. It turns out she had not gone in for a personal matter, but rather had entered the Oval Office with the president's daughter, Ivanka, and her husband, Jared, who were both senior advisors. As best Kelly could tell, they were presenting a possible Haley for vice president option. I can't confirm this, but he was certain he had been played and he was not happy about it. Clearly, this visit did not reflect a team effort, but undermined our work for America. That's what he said in the book that you got to get published. You know, you got to run it by editors and stuff like that. What is he saying behind the scenes? A lot worse. A lot worse. Now, I apologize, by the way. Our team does have the amazing clips from the speech last night. Donald Trump uh, knocking it out of the park. Some people say he went too negative. Shut up. Again, this is pure. Tr- so one of the reasons why we like the guy. No one else. Everybody else is kissing Nikki Haley's rear end. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, so someone's got to do it. And he did. I don't know. if you. Uh, let's go. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. Whoa. All right. <laughs> All right. Uh, Soundbite number two, please. Today, I have to tell you, it was very interesting because I said, wow, what a great victory. But then somebody ran up to the stage all dressed up nicely <laughs> when it was at seven. But now I just walked up and it's at 14. But, but she ran up when it was seven. And, you know, we have to do what's good for our party. And she was up, and I said, wow, she's doing uh, like a speech like she won. She didn't win. She lost. And, you know, last last week we had a little bit of a problem. And if you remember, Ron was very upset because she ran up and she pretended she won Iowa. And I looked around. I said, didn't she come in third? Yeah, she came in third. All right. He's right. We have another one. Um, hey, one thing that he did last night, and I think it's very cool, he does it He does it whenever he has a big victory. You know what he does? He has other people come to the microphone. He invites Vivek, he invites Tim Scott, he invites some guy who used to work at Border Patrol. He does this every time. He did it when he won the, the big election in 2016. Reince, come on up here and say a few words. It's funny, they say, oh, he's so insecure. Insecure people don't do that. Insecure people at the moment when everybody's watching don't say, hey, why don't you speak for a little while? They don't do that. Narcissistic people don't do that. Um, narcissistic people keep the camera on themselves. And you know who that is? I looked it up yesterday. Basically, every career politician, once they win, it's all about them. Uh, Joe Biden, when he won South Carolina, all about him. <laughs> Mitt Romney. Iowa, all about him, and so on, and so on, and so on. Republican and Democrat alike. Um, Hillary Clinton, yep. Hillary, uh, Barack Obama, yep. 
Meanwhile, it's like open mic night sometimes with Trump. Uh, we have another one? We have another and then one? I looked at the polls. She was talking about most winnability, who's going to win, and I had one put up. I don't know if you see it, but I have one put up. We've won almost every single poll in the last three months against crooked Joe Biden. Almost every poll. And she doesn't win those polls. And she doesn't win those. This is not your typical victory speech, but let's not have somebody take a victory when she had a very bad night. She had a very bad night. And she does have this weird kind of optimism about her, right? Optimism. Well, I just told you what her boss said about her. And you want to know what Nikki thinks about herself. It's interesting. She already badmouthed. What's it going to be like for her in South Carolina? Because she badmouthed the hell out of South Carolina. It's not going to go over well at all. Number one, they do remember when she left her job as governor. You know, they always say, I will serve four years. I will serve four years. They never mean that until a better gig comes along. Okay. Uh, so two years in, she leaves to become the U.N. ambassador. She leaves that after two years because she's on the Nikki Haley train. Um, anyway, so I got her book here and let's see, it's all about how Nikki was smart in school and she spends page after page after page talking about how she skipped ahead to the third grade when she was in second grade. You know, I know people who have graduated college, like when they're 13 years old, (laughs) that's something you may want to talk about for a few pages in your book. But when you go from the second grade to the third grade, I can't remember. Did I, did that happen to me? No, actually, no, I was left back. <laughs> no, I wasn't left back. But I certainly, whatever. It doesn't matter. You know who, uh, graduated from college when they were like 13? Who watches the Channel 5 news at 10 anymore, right? I peek at it. You know, I used to work there. Uh, what's her name? The, the anchor, Natasha Verma, I think her name is. She graduated when she was like 13 from college. She gets a graduate degree. In journalism, when she's 15, something crazy. And, oh, by the way, while she's going to school, she comes down with a, a sickness, like uh, some sort of leukemia or something like that. Beats that. Gets another degree. Anyway, she's like, how old is she? 24? Anchoring the uh, anchoring the 10 o'clock news with my man, Steve Lacey, the great big fish fan. Does anybody know anything about fish? P-F-I-S-H. It's got a Grateful Dead vibe, I think. Anyway, um, wait, hold on a second. Let me look at the big board. The big board. We got the Nikki thing. Oh, oh, and there's one Democrat, one Democrat in the world who seems to understand what's happening with Trump and America and Biden. His name is Dean Phillips. I don't like him politically. He's definitely opposed to Trump. But he respects people. He even respects MAGA and understands them. And it's a beautiful thing. Unfortunately, he is in such a minority, a minority of one. But um, he's got some great stuff to say. I'll have it when we come back. Traffic jams, tailgating, pileups. Ugh, the joys of driving. How could it get worse? The federal government wants to have a say in what you drive. That's right. The Biden administration's EPA is pushing mandates that would ban two out of every three vehicles on the road today. Don't let Washington become your backseat driver. Protect the freedom of driving your way. Visit energycitizens.org. Paid for by the American Petroleum Institute. 
Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Uh, do the Dean Phillips thing. I'll do it now. Actually, I want to read from the Nikki Haley book, which is very amusing. Again, and it wasn't second grade to third grade. It was first grade to second grade. A whole chapter about how smart she was in first grade. <laughs> tell me, tell me when you were when you were smart in college and you became a Rhodes Scholar. That I could read about. All right, first grade into second grade. <laughs> she was bored with the Dick and Jane books. She wanted to read Grover. Where's Grover? That's more advanced. Um, ah, let me see here. Uh, okay, so Dean Phillips, go ahead. We have a crisis of participation. And I got to tell you guys, I went to a Donald Trump rally a couple nights ago. Never been to one. Uh, I had an event across the street. I saw the line of people waiting in the cold for hours. And I thought, what the heck? You know, I'm going to be a leader who actually invites people, doesn't condemn them. Met probably 50 Trump people waiting in line. Single one of them, thoughtful, hospitable, friendly. All of them so frustrated that they feel nobody's listening to them but Donald Trump. A diverse crowd, people who had never been to a Trump event before. My party is completely delusional right now. You know what? Thank you. That's Congressman Dean Phillips, a Democrat of Minnesota. And we can disagree about everything. We can disagree on abortion. We can disagree on taxes. We can disagree on foreign policy. But I don't think we should disagree about that the people of America are good people, right? I mean, what a great guy. What a great thing to observe. Imagine that, a politician who listens. You know, Donald Trump actually spent his whole life listening. His whole life listening, watching and listening before making the plunge. It is so rare what he just said and what he just did, reaching out and noticing that kind of stuff. These aren't monsters. We're not insurrectionists. We're good people. Hey, by the way, I will even say MAGA. I like Make America Great Again. I love it. And I'm part of the MAGA movement. I love it. The very first time I heard MAGA. When they abbreviated Make America Great Again, I gotta say I didn't like the I didn't like the way it sounded. MAGA, right? It sounds it sounds a little harsh. It sounds harsh as an abbreviation. I've gotten used to it. I love the principles. I love Make America Great Again. But MAGA itself, you know, it just sounded it sounded a little bit uh but now I love it. And unfortunately two pe- for a lot of people out there, they don't like they don't like MAGA. They don't like the way it sounds. And they've drawn all kinds of false, horrible conclusions about us. Because of what they've been told. Thank you, Congressman Phillips. Good luck to you. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Someday the whole story will be told. Someday. I mean, I tell it all the time. I'm not afraid of the truth. I am. uh, When Mary Trump or some crazy Trump critic comes out or. You know, the January 6th committee, I don't turn my eyes. I don't, like, you know, censor it. I I, I debunk it, okay? I, I confront the facts as they present them, and I actually um, say, well, you know what? Okay, if that's factually correct, let's put it in context. Or perhaps that's factually totally incorrect. It's a funny thing about facts, actually. You know, people are very selective about the facts, very selective, and how they how they spin a, a fact and how they define a fact. One of the great examples that, quite frankly, had a profound impact on my life is right after Trump gets elected, I'm watching CNN, and they are obviously incensed. And they go on, we are going to hold Donald Trump accountable. And when he lies, we will point it out. And when he li- we will hold him accountable. When he lies, and they said, for instance, he lied. 
when he said he did not support the war in Iraq. We will show people the evidence in that and so many other things. We will show them the truth. And I'm like, it's not, what are they talking about? He didn't support the war in Iraq. I know, like, he, he did not support that. No, it's a fact. He said, he told Howard Stern. He told Howard Stern. And I'm like, I know about that clip. Okay. It is a fact. On October 7th of 2002, Donald Trump on the Howard Stern show, amid all kinds of questions about <laughs> all the great stuff and tomfoolery that the Howard Stern crew likes to talk about and I like to listen to, he says, Howard says, you think we should invade Iraq? And Trump says, yeah, I guess so. And then they go on to some other topic. So it's October of 2002. The Senate... The House, they haven't even voted to authorize the use of force. Donald Trump sounded like he hadn't made up his mind at best. When's the last time you ever heard Donald Trump say, I guess so? It's always, lock her up. He doesn't say, you know, I think Hillary might belong in jail. No, she belongs in jail. He doesn't, he doesn't kind of waffle like that. And he never stutters. He actually said, yeah, I guess so. So, anyway. Where was I going with that? Oh, yeah, facts. Facts. So the New York Times, they omit facts that undermine their narrative that Donald Trump is the worst person in the world, right? And there are things that they will not tell their readers and networks will not share with their viewers, thinking that everybody is stupid. But we are learning. <laughs> Some of us don't need to learn it. We already knew it, that the people are smart. The people get it. And that they're getting cold water thrown in their face. I don't believe it. We we did everything we can to... And they, they, these people are really still voting for him. Yeah, just like the New York Times, if you listen to Mark Levin, the New York Times, they wouldn't report on the Holocaust. They would not report on the Holocaust. How about that for fake news? Now we all know about the Holocaust, right? Right? But if you were reading the Times in the late 1930s and early 1940s, you didn't know anything about the Holocaust. Thanks for nothing, New York Times. You had a hand in genocide. Not you guys right now, but certainly the... Uh, the ancestors, right? The Oxes and the Schultzbergers, whoever the hell was running that place back then. Otis, I don't know. James Flippin, um, it's funny that they will not report things that I know and that I think is interesting. If you could say, well, maybe it's irrelevant to you, but it's still interesting. Like Jack Smith, the so-called independent counsel who has indicted Donald Trump twice, that his wife has given money to both Barack Obama and Joe Biden, and his wife works with Michelle Obama producing hideously bad documentaries about Michelle Obama. Now, you can do that. It's a free country, but you can't be an independent counsel investigating Trump. You can't be. Now that I know that, and the readers of the New York Times don't know that, it's fascinating because they, they think they're so erudite. They think they know all this stuff. And I come in there like a ton of bricks. <laughs> like, hey, did you know this? And they're like, oh. No, they don't even know the whole controversy about the Mar-a-Lago valuation in, the, in that, that, that lawsuit. That a judge with a straight face is saying that beachfront property in Palm Beach is worth $18 million. Uh, and not more like a billion dollars. That's what they're actually saying out loud. And they have the complicity of the media. They will not acknowledge that Hunter Biden was coercing wealthy Chinese officials into giving the Biden family money. We have text messages. We have it. We have proof. And they will not put it in their newspaper, trying to keep their viewers, their readers in the dark. 
and it's blowing up in their face. Well, the Jack Smith thing is interesting because I feel like that's where you can fairly criticize mainstream media, a term we use a lot, right? Because when that first started, when Smith was still uh, in the developing stages of his case and had been named special prosecutor, I saw stuff on X talking about his wife and that she was a donor to Democrats and stuff like that. But you didn't necessarily see it reported, like you said, in the New York Times or the Washington Post anything like that. So, I mean, it was out there, but it's like it kind of gets ignored. Out there is like most people are not scrolling through X. Right. Right. Most people at the Council on Foreign Relations, you know, and if they are on X, you know, they follow Maureen Dowd. They they follow Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and the National Abortion Rights League. All right. They're not just because you're on X. That's like it's almost like saying like. I can read. You know what I mean? It doesn't mean you're reading the right stuff. But I do right? want to ask you something, your opinion on this, because, you know, Democrats get on Supreme Court Justice Clarence Thomas because his wife, Ginny Thomas, is a known conservative activist. Right. Is it fair then to criticize Jack Smith for his wife's connections in the political sphere if presumably you wouldn't want to criticize Justice Thomas for that? Well, number one, Ginny Thomas has been criticized. They've done specials, MSNBC, totally over the top. What I'm looking for is an acknowledgement, all right? Simply an acknowledgement. Now, we'd have to go all the way back to 1990, and that's the year that Clarence Thomas was nominated. I don't know what the hell Ginny Thomas was up to in 1990, all right? I know that she's allowed to do stuff, but, you know, and also he was he's appointed as a, like, George H.W. Bush appointed him, because he's conservative. Yeah, that's fair. Right? He didn't say but, uh this is you're going to be uh, you're going to be my independent neutral person. No. I you and I agree how we look at the constitution. I assume you married your somebody who agrees with you about the basic stuff. Right. Prosecutors aren't supposed to have that same bent. Well, especially an independent prosecutor and also by by statute they're supposed to work for the government. At least David Weiss. I'm sorry, they're not supposed to work for the government. David Weiss is already working with the government, right. and so is what's his name? Actually, uh, Jack Smith. He was actually working for the government. He was he was at the Hague, but he was detailed to the Hague by the Department of Justice. So <laughs> these this is wrong according to our own rules and laws. And what's his name? Biden actually said out loud. And this is something else that they don't know. He said out loud that we are going to demonstrate to Donald Trump that he will not be president, and we will do that by using the legitimate mechanisms of the Constitution. Said it out loud and get the audio tape. Like, what the hell does that mean? He didn't say we can beat him at the ballot box. He said we're going to use the Constitution. And two, actually, five days later, they announced the appointment of Jack Smith. So it's um, they just don't have respect for their for their people. And when I get so-called alleged bad news about Trump, right, some nasty book or some the New York Times said this, I don't ignore it. I tackle it. I go through it. I say, oh, this is <laughs> just what I thought. This is wrong. And I make Mikey, you can disagree. Hey, by the way, Eric Adams has given a speech again in one of those ridiculous three piece suits. Somebody tell him it's not 1940 and you know, this is not all about you. What did my friend Joseph Abood say? A man, when he walks into the room, the suit should not walk in before him. The suit should not be the star. It should, it, it's all about the clothes with this jerk. Don't I look great? Don't I look great? Look at that jerk. Do you like the tie bar and the pocket square? And No, there's way way too much going too on. Too much, right? and, a, and a vest. And I think his vest is a double vest. Whatever the hell's going on with that. Oh, my gosh. The mayor of the city of New York is coming up with a plan to target social media companies so they can address mental health issues. 
Just stay the freaking hell out of it. Get the get, try to stop shoplifting, right? Try to do something about this congestion pricing that nobody likes. Good point on social media and climate change. I mean, my goodness. New Jersey Transit announced it's raising its fares, by the way, 17%. That's a lot of percent. Yeah. Well, they haven't raised it in several years, so I don't know. Well, does that affect you? You It uh, does. Yeah, I'm a New Jersey Transit rider. The light rail? You, light, you no, ride the Not light. on the light rail, just on the, I guess, the heavy rail? I, no, rail? Nothing seems light about a railroad car to me. I don't know why they call it light rail. All right. What else is going on big in the, uh, in the uh, locally? So speaking of federal prosecutions, New Jersey Senator Bob Menendez claims that the federal government seized all that evidence at his house in an illegal raid. They, he says that the gold bars, the cash, it should all be thrown out because it was uh, illegally obtained. That's that's his argument. Didn't they get a search warrant? I would assume so. Yeah, but that's the argument his attorneys are making. They're saying it's retribution because that last trial ended in a hung jury. Look, I won't put anything past the federal government. That guy just might be innocent. You know, Senator Menendez has been very good and very tough on Iran, unlike Barack Obama, unlike Biden. So maybe they're out to get him over that stuff. I mean, these are not good people. So who knows? Maybe he's innocent. Somebody else I uh, have grown to like a little bit. She's fake news. And um, she's not bad looking, by the way, but I shouldn't be talking about that stuff. Alicia Menendez. Senator Menendez's daughter is one of those is a fake news anchor on MSNBC. But I don't know. She's holding her head high. She's showing up for work every day. And uh, it's got to be tough with your dad under federal indictment. Um, but we know what that looks like. We know that they come after people they don't like with nothing. And maybe they're and, and j- they might be doing it with him. They might be doing it with him. I, I'm going to go even further. They probably are doing it with him. So um, and I, I don't know. There's something about the daddy daughter relationship that I appreciate. You know what I mean? You know? Sure. Yeah, I can you know, totally understand. Daddy and all that stuff and their daddy. And I'm sure he's a great guy around the house. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. Am I a big teddy bear? Am I being silly? I mean, I think when it comes to the father-daughter relationship, maybe you soften up a little bit, but that's uh, understandable. Does that forgive the gold bars under the pillow and everything else? I don't know. Probably I don't know. not. That, I don't know what the, I'm not, I don't know what I'm looking at. You know, they show me a gold bar. Okay, am I supposed to be scandalized? They showed me uh paperwork. They showed me files and boxes in Donald Trump's house. Was I supposed to be horrified? Yeah, they wanted me to be horrified. Did you see what I did with that? They said 91 classified documents, 91 classified documents. You know what I mean, 91? That's that that many, right? It's, that, it's like that many. The other thing I point out about Donald Trump and the classified documents, that he was still president when he got back to Mar-a-Lago on January 20th of 2021. Nobody ever points that out. I do. And Joe Biden, he admitted out loud, this is why his lawyers want him to shut up. <laughs> he admitted that he had classified stuff in his house from 1974. He was not eligible to take classified documents home as a senator in 1974. And then he said even even more dangerously that uh, the documents were in a safe place by his by his Corvette in the garage. Right. And Donald Trump is the guy they want to throw in jail. What a scam. Thank you, James. Be right back. Greg Kelly, entertaining and informative on the Red Apple Podcast Network. 800-848-9222. 800-848-9222. Adam's walking off the stage like he's at the Oscars. Right? <laughs> wow. 
Talk about uh, talk about a ham. What a ham. Um, Maria, hello, in New Short Hills, New Jersey. Hi, Greg. Thanks for taking my call. You know what? I just want to congratulate you on the great coverage last night you gave on the only conservative news channel that I watch, and it's not Fox. I love... I say it was a friendly banter between you and former senator from Pennsylvania, Rick Santorum, who I personally think doesn't really love Trump. I love the fact after President Trump gave his victory speech that, uh, you know, um, Senator Santorum thought, you know, it should have been a kumbaya moment. It should have been let's bring everybody together. And you, as always, defended President Trump, and you said he had every right to say what Nikki Haley did was inappropriate and she acted as though it was a victory speech. So you did a great job, Greg. And I can't wait to see what you're going to do on November 5th, 2024. <laughs> well, thank you very, very much. Yeah, you know, it's funny. The establishment weighing in, what Donald Trump, what kind of speech he should have given. He should have said this. He should have said that. You know, he became president by not listening to all you guys. Okay, that's what made him president. I, I, I do, by the way, I, I get along very well with uh, Senator Santorum. We do disagree, but that's... That's okay. Maria, thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, Susan, you're upstate. Hi. Hi, here. Listen, yeah, um, you've been phenomenal and steadfast in all of your um, commentary about uh, Donald Trump. But last night, the fake media really got all hot and bothered because they said that um, Nikki got such a high percentage of the independent vote. But guess what? As of one week ago, Democrats could re-register as independents and vote. So that was sabotage. In my opinion, it was election interference. It was a Republican primary that Governor Sununo, he's not only a never-Trumper, he's a Trump hater, in my opinion. Um, there is that. Um he is. <laughs> and he doesn't look very good this morning. Now, wait a second, though. Um, they are allowed to do that up there. That's the thing. I mean, the election interference, you can call it that, but they are allowed to do that. Democrats are allowed to do that. So, I mean, according to the law, they can do that and whatever. So that's why, you know, I don't like it, but, uh, and that's why it makes Trump's victory even more significant and even sweeter. Know what I mean, Susan? But they didn't break the law and they didn't break the rules as far as I know. I didn't say they did, but well, I, I, the tone, the tone, the tonality suggested that. When you say election interference, that makes a, that suggests, and I think you said one other thing that suggested that they, you know, that they did something uh, they shouldn't have done. They're allowed to do it, and uh, election. Can I say something? Election interference. I don't like that phrase anymore. You know, it, it's it's been overused. Election interference, like if I go out and campaign, that's somehow election interference. We're supposed to sit on our hands and wait until election day and see what happens. Anything else is election interference, according to the other side. So I don't like that. Anyway, Susan, uh, so uh, uh, thank you, though. You're good otherwise? Oh, yeah, you know, loving it up here. But I'm going to get out of New York State because of this law that um, Hochul has now. It's in effect that she has um, a law that we could be forcibly um, uh, put encampments, uh, if there's a contagious, a very contagious disease, and it's very nebulous. Uh, uh, so um, I, I will not stay in a state where any government person, especially her who's already. All right, we're going to fix like that. Mad. You're not moving out now, right? 
soon. Oh, come on. You can't let Hochul drive you out of here. That bug-eyed goofball, don't worry about it. All right, Susan? Don't worry about no. it. Don't leave. Don't leave. Don't leave. I mean, you can leave. I mean, but I don't know. Don't leave for that. Don't leave for that. Thank you very much. Uh, let's see. Ooh, uh, who's this? Leslie in Forest Hills. Leslie, hello. Hi there, Greg. I'm the lady that you gave the walker to, and I've been using it ever since. I listen to you every day, and I want to thank you. You know, what happened was it has to be chained on. That's because they had stolen the other walker. That's why you replaced it for me. Meanwhile, I've been stuck in the house because the lock froze on the key, you know, on the chain. So I couldn't get out. Fortunately, the neighbor next door, a lovely gentleman, Russian man from Uzbekistan, came over to just now, and he unlocked the, uh, finally it unfroze. So he unlocked the chain, and now I'm in business again. I'll be able to use the walker and get around. Well, that's <laughs> nice. You so yeah, you bet. Uh, by the way, I was wondering about you. I was hoping the walker got to you because... Uh... That's a long time ago. When was that? Was that last year or the year before? That's like, is it, I think it's two years ago, Leslie. Oh gosh, the time flies. Well, it's good to hear from you. I, I, I remember they, they stole that damn thing from you and, uh, that was so unkind. And I'm glad, uh, the walker got to you that we, uh, and let me ask you this, Leslie. Um, you had an interesting hobby, paper mache or something like that, or some sort of, uh, uh, what do you call them? Collages or something? What did you do? What do you do? Decoupage. I take from old magazines and I make a theme. If it's for uh, world places, I cut out pictures of uh, scenes from other places and get old things, old boxes, old lamps or whatever. Use uh, Elmer's all-purpose glue and glue them on and then shellac over when you uh, the uh, pieces will overlap. And you'll have a whole original design. You could make a floral design or a fruit design for a kitchen item. And then you shellac it, and you have something really original and nice. It's called decoupage. Well, I haven't thought. I love it. I love it. I remember shellac from shop and Elmer's glue from school and uh, this kind of stuff. It sounds amazing. Would love to see one. But uh, who knows? Maybe Christmas time. We'll see what happens. Leslie, thank you. Okay, everything else good? Other, you got the the lock fixed? Well, good? No. Well, uh -oh. My legs are terrible. My legs swelled up from this weather, and my hands hurt everything. I'm old already. I'm going to be 81 years old. Oh, that's not that old. Well, believe me, I feel it. Getting old is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> well, hang in there. I think you got 20 years, 20 years to go, Leslie. So appreciate uh, the call. Thank you, thank you, thank you. We were we were wondering about you. I'm so glad things worked out. All right, to be continued. Hey, speaking of uh, old, and he's not that old, Steve Garvey, 75 years old, running for the Senate. What a gentleman. But they're trying to make him look like he's 100, and he's not, obviously. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.